Good morning once again. Here in just a couple of minutes, I'll be reading from 2 Peter chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, you can go there or you can find it on your phone. And we're closing up the season of Epiphany. As Pastor Deborah said, we'll start Lent next week. And today's theme is this, the impact of divine love. What happens when the love of God impacts our life? What happens when the love of God connects with us? And in a couple of minutes, we'll be in 2 Peter chapter 1. As I'm aging, I find great value in old friends. Some of you are some of my old friends. I've been in Nashville 17 out of the last 20 years, so I've known some of you a long time. Um, my friends from Dallas and from where I grew up, when we get together, that's, that's a great time. It doesn't happen as often as I wish, but when I get together with them, there's something meaningful about getting together with old friends. And what do you do when you get together with old friends? You tell old stories because there's just something that is fun about revisiting those stories. And I've reached the point that when I get together with some of these friends, that we tell stories that our spouses have already heard before. Occasionally, our kids will be with us too. And as we start to tell a story, our spouses or children will indicate to us that they've heard the story before. But instead of, of, of taking that social cue and moving on, I go ahead and I tell the story anyway. I tell the story anyway, not because it needs to be heard again, but because simply I enjoy telling it. We enjoy living those moments over again. If it was a funny moment, we get a measure of joy from that moment. If it was uh, something that was uh, life-altering, going back and telling that story is meaningful and it means something. Sometimes we tell old stories to give us some moral authority in that moment. Uh, now, I, I talked a couple weeks ago about this rec basketball team that I've been coaching. I don't want to, you know, talk about this too much, but I asked you guys to pray that we would have divine success in the playoffs, and I want to report to you that your prayers didn't work at all. Yeah, we got smoked again. So, as I've coached before, in the past, I've, I've uh, asked the team to run. And, and there's something that, I, I don't really like the name for this, but I don't know any other name for it. Something in basketball you may remember called suicides. It's where you run from the baseline to the free throw line back, then back to the half court, then back again, then back to the, the other free throw line. And it's something that is somewhat punitive to the team, but it's also getting them in shape. And... So I have my team run these sprints, and if I wanted to, I could hang with them, right? But I'm the coach, so why in the world would I do that? I mean, why run when you can just stand and yell at them, right? Why, why do that? But I could say something like this. Guys, when I played basketball, my career ended in eighth grade, but I don't tell them that. When I played basketball, our coach made us run 20 of these. And I'm only making you run seven or eight. And this is a way to tell an old story, to let them know that I have authority to make them run as I stand and watch. Working with our youth ministry, you know, there's a lot of good activity in our youth ministry right now. And our youth pastor, Pastor Matt, and um, Kyle, who's our youth administrator. If you know Kyle, you can just wave your hand right here. Kyle, they've, they've been bringing me a lot of good ideas. I don't know where Pastor Matt is. I hope he's not sleeping somewhere. That's not true, is it? Okay, um, they, they, they vouch for him. Um, 
uh, they just get off a great weekend, and, and Matt and Kyle bring this, these ideas to me, and I, I approve some of them, and some of them I spare your children uh, and your teenagers so they don't have to go through them. But we go through these ideas, and as I'm going through these ideas with them, I'll often say this. Hey, guys, when I was a youth pastor, all right, because I was a youth pastor for 10 years. This is what we used to do. I'm kind of reminding them, hey, listen, guys, I'm not just making this decision. I'm not just um, denying this request uh, based off of just a positional authority here. I have some moral authority. I used to be a youth pastor, right? I understand how this works, whether you believe it or not. If you think I'm the old guy with a gray beard. No, man, I've done this before. And I give that sense of moral authority by telling an old story. Now, this is somewhat what Peter was doing in 2 Peter chapter 1 in this very powerful scripture about divine love. And let's start with verse 16. Verse 16 of 2 Peter chapter 1 says, For we did not follow cleverly contrived myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Instead, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. So here, here Peter is saying this. He's like, listen, this is not something we made up. This is not some story. This is not myth. I saw this Jesus with my own eyes. I saw him for myself. He's saying, this is the authority that I have. It's a firsthand witness to the Son of God living here on earth. And now we go to some beautiful words, starting in verse 17. For when he, being Jesus received honor and glory from God the Father. A voice came to him from the majestic glory. I want you to see some key words there. If you go back to the previous slide, if you're able to. He received honor, glory, majestic glory. So this is a, this is a big deal, what's happening here. Jesus is receiving honor and glory from the throne. So what would this message be? And so we read in verse 17. This is my beloved son. I take delight in him. Are those not beautiful words? This is my beloved son. I take delight in him. Going on to verse 18. And we heard this voice when it came from heaven. While we were with him on the holy mountain. So we have the prophetic word strongly confirmed. You will do well to pay attention to it. Look at this, this phrase here. As to a lamp shining in a dismal place. Boy, that's what the gospel is, isn't it? It's a lamp shining in a dismal place. Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. What a beautiful scripture. Peter's saying, hey, this is all happening because we were there. We witnessed it. We heard the voice of the Father. And I want to talk about what the Father said. Because the Father said, this is my Son with whom I love. I take great delight in Him. When we had the church plant in Gallatin before I became pastor here, our first youth pastor was a guy, he's still a good friend of mine named Jeremy McCoy. And his parents went to the church at that time, and they were just a great godly family. And his dad, Larry, I haven't spoken to his dad in many years, but he's a great man of God. And when 
people in the congregation made the connection that Larry was Jeremy's father. He would say this. He would put his arm around Jeremy, and he would say, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. And people would smile, but it felt so right, and it felt so good. It felt so good that I stole it from Larry, and I use it to my kids. And I'll warn you, if you want to steal it from me and him, that when they're in junior high, they don't really like you to say that in front of people. But I know they love it in their hearts. And who wouldn't, right? Because every single one of us has this kind of father wound within us that even when we have great fathers, like I had a great father who passed away almost 14 years ago. He was a great dad, but even if you had a great father like I did, there's something that's incomplete within you. I mean, we, we all, we're all searching for that approval from our dads. Some of us are searching for our approval from dads we didn't even know. Maybe you've never even known your dad. Maybe you don't even know your dad's name, but there's something within you that just wants the approval. And I think that points us to that relationship that God wants us to have with him. The father's love is saying, this is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter. I'm well pleased with you. I take delight in you. We, we often think that it's God's job to love, right? I mean, that's... On his job description, he has to love us. He's God, right? But it's not that he just positionally loves us. He takes delight in us. He loves the fact that you have certain talents and skills and a unique personality. And he loves to watch your life. And he loves to help you correct mistakes. And he loves to redeem you when you do make those mistakes. And he loves for you to reach your potential, and he loves you when you don't reach your potential. Isn't that a great God we serve? And if you, you just need to be reminded of this this morning. This, this is a continuation of what I said after worship. So I, knew it was, I knew we were going to this place, and so it's a continu, continuation of this, that the love of the Lord is washing over you. The Lord is here to remind you today that you are loved. You're not loved conditionally. You're not love based off performance. You're love because of who he has made you. You are loved by God. And that means it doesn't matter whether you accomplish a lot this week or not. You're going to be loved by God. Now, I know the New Year's sermons, and we're in February now. In January, we're supposed to preach about New Year's resolutions, and we're going to be determined, and we're going to reach our goals, and we're going to list this stuff out. And then when all that fails and we're here in February, God loves us still the same. Because he has not changed. He does not change. And there's a calling you're going to hear tonight, a calling or this morning. You're going to hear this calling to progress and, and, and movement. But I want you to hear up front that the Father is saying, you are loved, you are loved, you are loved. And not only are you loved, he takes delight in you. God is into you, right? He, he, he's watching your life and he's, accompanying you on this journey of life. And, and he takes great pleasure in who you are. And I don't know about you, I just needed to hear that. I needed to say it because my ears are hearing what I'm saying today. Because there's a lot of mornings, again, to, to go back to what we talked about before, where we just wake up and all of this negativity is washing over us, it's washing over us, and the mercy of the Lord is new for us that day. 
And he's saying, recenter on my love, recenter on who I am, recenter on my message for you. So Peter tells this story, and he's saying, hey, listen, this prophetic word, it's not by accident. We didn't make this up. We were there when it happened. We saw it take place. So what's he talking about? Let's go to another eyewitness, which is Matthew, Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17, and we'll read. This is the passage in which I'm, I'm sharing the, the points of our message today, or I guess our main text, as 2 Peter chapter 1 has led us there. Matthew chapter 17, starting with verse 1. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and his brother, John, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. He was transformed in front of them, and his face shone like the sun. Even his clothes became as white as the light. Suddenly Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's, it's good for us to be here. If you want, I will make three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, and this is what Peter talked about in 2 Peter 1, while he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud covered them. A voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved son. I take delight in him. Listen to him. Here it was. They were saying, Oh, Jesus is equal to Moses. He's equal to Elijah. And, Jesus, and the voice of the Father said, No, this is my son. You listen to him. You don't need to build tents for everyone else. You need to listen to Jesus. When the disciples heard it, they fell face down and were terrified. Then Jesus came up, touched them, and said, Get up, don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except him, Jesus alone. This story is so powerful. I've preached a couple of messages off this passage before, and there's so many metaphors and great messages in here. I'm going to stay focused on three particular things today because I believe it's what God wants to say here. But we, we see that there's this cycle in, throughout Scripture. My friend Preston Sharp, who is a pastor at Sacrament Church in East Nashville, it's one of our, our sister churches, he said this today, he's preaching from the same passage today, that the people of God have the cycle of being called out of the sea, out of the uncertainty, through the desert, which is a time of preparation, then up the mountains, because it's at the mountaintop that God reveals himself. So it is that we see in this text that divine love is calling us, and we experience this divine love, and the divine love leads. Write that down if you're taking note, notes today. It leads, and guess where it leads? It leads to a higher place. Divine love is taking us somewhere. Divine love meets us in our brokenness. Divine love meets us at our darkest place. The divine love leads us at, at the place where we're in the pit and we're sinking and we can't help ourselves and we feel like we're drowning. But then divine love leads us and leads us to a higher place. Leads us to a place with more perspective. Leads us to a place of revelation. And one of the things that I know God's doing here among us today is some of you are at low places right now. 
and you've already decided the low places are for you. But by the love of God, I want you to hear today, he's calling you to a higher place. He's not calling you to stay in the valley. He's not calling you to stay in the murk of the pit. He's calling you not to sink in sinking sand or in the marsh. He's calling you to a higher place. And Jesus doesn't say, hey, there's the pinnacle, there's the top. Figure out how to get there. Jesus says, no, come follow me. Come with me. Let me be your friend. Let me be your companion. Let me be the one who journeys with you. And when we begin to journey with Jesus, it takes us to a higher place. Let me ask you this question this morning. Where's your low place? Where's your low place? What is it? It can be so many different things. The low places in our life can be so many different things. And I suppose for a couple of hundred people in here, we could have a couple of hundred different answers. But one of the low places that we have that we often overlook is our attitude. We get bad attitudes, negative attitudes, a low attitude. And we fail to see that when we get the wrong attitude, which is the wrong perspective on life and the wrong perspective on the gifts of God, that it begins to lead to a hard heart. We begin to harden our hearts to the things of God. One of the reasons this happens is because cynicism is powerful. And it's powerful to be negative because when we are negative, we begin to deconstruct things in our life. And I want to tell you this, that it is very, very easy to deconstruct. I know this. You guys could sit in here and deconstruct this whole church service. You can deconstruct the music, deconstruct uh, the culture, the atmosphere, the way things look. You could tear this service apart. You could even talk bad about my clothes. All right? That's not a hard thing to do. Whatever. You, you, could, you, could, you can easily destroy anything and deconstruct. And what happens is when we become addicted to that, and when we, we become these cynical people, we begin to eliminate different things in our life. So the church isn't right, and then... You know, we don't really like what's going on where we work or where we're going to school, and we don't really like what's going on in culture and everything. This, and we're, we're, gonna, we're going to eliminate this, eliminate this voice, eliminate that voice, eliminate that voice, and all these voices in our lives are eliminated through cynicism and a bad attitude, and then all we have is a selfish voice within us, a voice that deceives, a voice that leads us down a dark path, that's not what God designed for us. So Jesus is calling some of us today to rise above our wrong attitudes. Your attitude is too low. Your attitude is in a destructive place. See, that's one of 200 things. You want me to talk about 199 more things here today? No, you don't. But you don't have to have me list your low place. You know what your low place is. It's wrong thinking, it's wrong attitude. Sometimes it's internal and nobody knows. Sometimes it is external and it's destructive behavior. But there, there's a low place for you that divine love saying, come on, come on, let's go. Let's get out of that place. I've got somewhere higher for you to go. I've got a greater way for you to think, a greater way for you to act, a greater way for you to be. And it's not about doing, it's about coexisting. It's about coexisting with his presence. If you hang out with Jesus, great things happen Jesus is always taking us higher. 
Jesus is always making things better. I want everything in my life to improve, not because of Aaron's power, because I can't do it by myself. But the closer I walk with the Lord, the closer I'm in relationship with Him, His presence, His character, the essence of the gospel story begins to touch every part of my life. It's about being close to Him. And His love takes us higher and higher. So as we go higher, what does divine love do? Here's the second thing. Divine love reveals. As it takes us higher, it reveals, reveals the presence of Jesus. Up until this point, Peter, James, and John, uh, they, they, they knew something of Jesus, but they weren't really fully sure, is this guy just a really good prophet, a really good rabbi, or is he really God? And the voice of the Father revealed I want you to hear this today. Let's look at verse 2 again. Verse 2 of Matthew 17. He was transformed in front of them, and his face shone like the sun. Even his clothes became as white as the light. This, this is something, the Trinity is at work here. The Father and the Spirit revealing the Son. The Trinity is at work here. And in those higher places, God begins to reveal himself. When we're in a low place, nothing spiritual makes sense to us. When we're in a low place, we lose our desire and our capacity for the things of God. But when the Spirit of Jesus begins to raise us higher, all of a sudden we begin to see a revelation of Jesus in unexpected places in unexpected times. There's a man who has attended church here for a few years, and he's always been a great church member. But in recent days, recent days, some of his experiences, he has had a new fire of God, a new infilling of the Holy Spirit. And he told me, he said, Aaron, I listened to your sermons before, and, and I got stuff out of them. They were, they were good. He says, but it's different with the power of the Holy Spirit on me. There's new revelation. There's new truth. There's, there's this new insight. God is speaking in fresh new ways. This is what happens when you go higher with Jesus. Everything gets better. When you go higher with Jesus, guess what? My preaching gets better. Because <laughs> you're, you're lifted out of maybe the, the pit of a wrong attitude. The pit of cynicism and deconstruction or whatever that pit is for you. And you begin to see the presence of Jesus in unexpected places. The revelation of Jesus is submissive to Scripture. It's submissive to the Word. But you begin to see when the presence of Jesus begins to, to reveal Himself to you, you, God will start speaking to you in unexpected places and in unexpected ways submitted to His Word. One of the most life-changing experiences of my life was, was at the movie theater. On my day off, I went to a movie theater by myself. I, I wish my wife Beth would have been with me, but she was taking care of babies. And so I went, uh, this was years ago, so I went by myself, was sitting in a movie, and God spoke something to me that changed the course of my ministry. In a movie. It could be that there's a lyric from a song that when you go to a higher place, Jesus will start revealing new things to you could be through child care, whether it's child care in an institutional child care like this, or whether you're, you're watching a relative, God can speak to you through a child. He did it to Augustine hundreds of years ago, and it changed Western Christianity. And he's done it to me at times, too. 
I learned from my junior high kids. God spoke to my junior high kids when I was a junior high pastor. I've heard God speak through my three children as they've aged, and even when they were young, little, little children. He spoke through that. My point is this. It's God can speak through anything if we go to a higher place, through the arts, through the entertainment. Through even someone who is not a Christian, God could speak to that person because the word of the Lord comes through anyone he chooses because all wisdom is from above. And as he reveals, submitted to the scripture, that he will begin to speak to you in new ways. And I want you to know this, is that the Lord is revealing new things to you. It's new manna for you. If you're living off yesterday's revelation, you're limiting what God can do. One of the issues we have is if you've had a significant experience with God in the past, some of you are trying to replicate that and have that same experience again when God's saying that's yesterday's manna, it's going to spoil in your hands. There's something fresh and there's something new and it's different. And the problem often is we're not ready for what God is doing new because we prefer the way he spoke to us in the past. We're trying to recreate the past Instead of saying, he's speaking brand new to us today. And it may be different than we ever expected. It may be different than we ever anticipated. He's speaking in a fresh way. And, and do not believe the lie. Hear me today. Don't believe the lie that God is done revealing himself to you. That you're going to live off yesterday's experience. The days before you. These are fresh days. These are days ahead of us. We're in these Last times, and however you interpret the scripture, we know this, is we're closer to the end now than we were yesterday, right? Can we all agree upon that? And, and we're closer to the end of our lives, right? We're closer to the end of our lives. Let's not be preoccupied with the cosmic and global issues as much as our issues. We're closer than ever. And the Spirit says in the last days that the Spirit will speak to the church. It says, he or she who has ears, let them hear what the Spirit is saying. It's not an issue with God speaking. It's an issue with us not listening, not positioning ourselves to listen. I'm going to tell you, this enemy wants to keep you in the valley. He wants to keep you in the pit. He wants to keep you in the low places. But the divine love is saying, come on, let's go higher. Because as we go higher, there's more revelation, more revelation. You're going to see more of Jesus in your life. And you may have to reject your Elijah and your Moses to get Jesus. See, we want to build our tents, you know. We need to say whatever. I don't even know who to use these days, so I'm just going to pull names from the air or whatever. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'll, I'll use historical figures. I'm a D.L. Moody guy. Well, I'm a Charles Finney guy. I'm a Southern Baptist guy. I'm a, I'm a Assemblies of God. Or I'm a Nazarene. Or we're going to build our little tent. I'm a Petra person. Petra is the greatest music ever. So only 20 of you got that joke. But see, I just wanted to see. You know, whatever. Now it's like, oh, all great worship has to come from Australia. Hill songs. Let's just create this. Unless it comes from Australia or New Zealand, it's not great worship. Oh, well, I need real, like, high church worship, you know. I need, like, something intellectual. I'm going to build this tent. And the whole time Jesus is saying, it's not this tent, it's not this tent. The Father's saying, this is my son. Jesus, I'm well pleased with him. All right? So you guys don't build your Aaron Allison tents, right? That's supposed to be funny, right? All right? Because Jesus is speaking to his church. 
right? And it's fresh, and it's new revelation, and it's something different. And that's my final point here, is Jesus' divine love speaks to us. It speaks to us. The Lord is speaking today. He's speaking to us. In verse 5, again, we see a repetition of what was in 2 Peter chapter 1. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son. I take delight in Him. Listen to Him. Listen to the voice of Jesus in your life. Get out of those low places. Go higher with Him. And as you go higher with Jesus, there's more revelation. The greatest revelations in front of you. The greatest spiritual fruits ahead of you. The greatest days of spiritual growth are before you. We're not preoccupied with the past because we are being moved into a new future. Where's greater opportunity, greater glory, greater honor. And it's all through the love of God. The love of God being revealed to us. Let's stand together.